What is going on, guys? And welcome to another episode of the Beyond Rad Podcast. I am Chad, and this week we are joined by the full band Barriers from Southern California. Barriers describes their genre as passive aggressive hardcore. These guys have a really cool, unique sound. They're a lot of fun to listen to. There's a lot of emotion that they have within their music. And this interview is super, super rad, talking to the whole band, getting their input from everyone in the band and seeing the way that they interact and the dynamics of the band. So I'm really excited for you guys to check this episode out. But before we do, I first want to apologize for the long wait between episodes here. I uh, recently moved and had some changes in life, so we're getting back on the regular schedule. So every Friday, we'll be uploading a brand new episode of the podcast. And without further ado, let's just jump right on in. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I, uh, I'm i super pumped. Um, real quick, before we kind of jump right on into things, if you guys want to just do a quick introduction of yourselves and kind of tell the people listening who you are and a little bit about yourselves. Yeah, oh, I was thinking individually and then as a band, just, I mean, just, I, I guess individuals first, just kind of who you guys are, because we got three of you here um, on the pot, on the interview. So, so um, who we've got four here with us, four of us, four of us. Oh, I only saw three. So perfect. So four of you. <laughs> I was hiding outside. Okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I'm John. Um, my voice is wrecked. I was just at a wedding over the weekend and there was a lot of yelling involved. Nice. But, uh, I play the bass in the band. Um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, I'm Ryan. Uh, I do lead vocals and rhythm guitar. Good deal. Uh, I'm Connor and uh, I play drums and I'm going to, I'm good at following simple instructions. So I'm also going to tell you a little bit about myself. Like we all should have. <laughs> <laughs> nice uh i don't know i uh i eat only plants and i am starting grad school next week nice grad school uh what kind of program uh history oh cool man like world history like a specific Uh, area or region u.s history history. awesome Uh, yeah yeah actually uh neoliberal era the latter half oh interesting Um, man Around, cool man yeah. that's rad that's all i always i'm always like interested when when people are especially with grad programs and stuff there's so much involved with it so that's pretty cool man so um yeah yeah that's awesome man so we've got one more person who was it well, i'm eric and i am lead guitarist and backup vocals awesome i yeah a little bit about myself as well um i'm married i have a, a kid a new uh, almost one Hi, Colton. If you're listening to this, <laughs> please <laughs> turn off. Um, and I do graphic design for, for my job. You do what? Sorry. Graphic design. Okay. Yeah. I was looking through each of you guys' like Instagrams and stuff to kind of get an idea of who I'm talking to. So, uh, Eric, I, I liked a lot of the work that you did, man. It's really cool. I, uh, that style that you have. Do you do a lot of the work for the band, like for like flyers or anything like that? 
Yeah, I do. I do most of it. Okay. He's being modest. He does literally all of the graphic design. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I was actually like, as I looked through, that was like one of the things that I, that I noticed was I, I love design, like graphic design and illustration and stuff. I'm not great at it. I'm more of one of the guys who like, I can put an image on trace it and like kind of make it my own eventually. And so like with my logo for my, for my podcast, I did it and stuff, but, but I really liked the style cause it's a, it's a little bit more like abstract. Well, not quite abstract. It's very clear, but it's, I don't know exactly what style you'd call it, but I, I really dig how you did it and the colors that you use and stuff. Anyway, I I'm a fan. Cool. <laughs> <I'm on Gordon. laughs> but, um, so real quick, um, Honestly, one of the things that I I really dig with your guys' band is it's so unique. Um, and so I I wanted to kind of figure out what what genre you guys call your music because obviously it fo- it falls within like rock very clearly that it falls within like the genre the broad genre of rock. But how do you like define your genre of music? We call it uh, we call it passive aggressive hardcore. Okay. And uh, yeah, <laughs> we think that name kind of um, sums up kind of what we're doing in general. It has elements, you know, like it has elements of uh, of hardcore death in like all of our roots. You know, that's kind of what we like grew up listening to. Yeah, it's it's it, it gives you that like I feel like it's kind of it's heavy like a post hardcore band, but it's more melodic than I feel like you hear it in in and, most of the post hardcore scene. Yeah, and like the passive the play on being passive aggressive is you know we kind of do have a lot of. Uh, lyrical content that kind of stems into emo, you know, not really saying what you, what you want, but just kind of being passive about it, but then yeah. still being aggressive, like a hardcore band. Yeah. And also happening with the vocals, like uh, like more spoken word yeah. um, versus with like a heavier uh, hardcore kind of influence style to that. Exactly. And that's, that's what I was um, like, that's why it's, it's an interesting one. I've only, I've, I don't think I've heard many musicians that do what you do. I think there's one other one that I've heard of, um, I think it's like Hobo Johnson or something like that. Hobo something. Um, <laughs> is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that rapper guy, right? Cool. Yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. the only reason I ever saw his stuff was like someone shared it on Facebook about his like his song rent about like music labels and stuff. And so I was like, Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. And so that was the first time I ever heard anything from this genre of music, um, which like I said, is an extremely unique genre, something that not many bands even come close to doing similar to what you guys do, which I think is cool. Like the fact that you have the spoken word, which is it's, it's got that aggressive tone to it, but it's also still, it's not singing. It's not rapping. It's very, it's, it's interesting. I just think um, like you guys are saying, and then you come in with the, the harder, um, the harder choruses. I just think it comes together really cool. And it also lends you guys to kind of fit in with a lot of different bands that are playing as well. So you can kind of fit in with the hardcore or the post hardcore or um, even like pop punk or punk rock. You can fit in with any of those genres in terms of of like concerts and things like that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what we've we've been noticing. uh, A lot of the shows we've been we have we have a lot of room for lateral movement across genres because it's kind of relatable to everybody, yep. you know? So it's, it's, it's heavy enough for the diehard hardcore kids. Yep. And then it's, 
but it's soft enough enough to where people who don't even really listen to heavy rock or anything can still like it and relate to it. Yeah. And that's, that's how I, how I uh, pictured it too. Cause for me, like I don't listen to a whole lot of metal or a whole lot of like the hardcore. I think about as hard as I get is like bands similar to like a day to remember or, yeah. or like um, abandoned by the bears, you know, things like that, like where they, they scream, but it's also a very pop punk undertone to it maybe even like under oath would be about the hardest as well um and so your guys's music would fit in that genre but i i can listen to your music a little bit easier than a lot of the harder bands just because like it's less jarring i guess for someone who's new to that genre yeah exactly i think a lot of the positive things that you're saying about us can be attributed to our uh, our drummer uh connor <laughs> That's Connor saying that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's a, it's a very, very well stated opinion. Talking about being relatable is, you know, at least lyrically, I, you know, I, I realized one day just to be honest, and I was always kind of, you know, I was raised by Irish family, so maybe I have those Irish roots where I never wanted to share my feelings or tell anybody. So. But once I branched out of that, everything just kind of became more honest and relatable, mm-hmm. I think, at least lyrically. Yeah. And melodically, we just, it just, it, you can kind of feel it. There's, there's groove, there's a lot of groove in it. And yeah. So how did you guys determine, Hey, this is, this is the genre or this is the sound we want. How did you guys like come together and create this sound? I think it was pretty, it was pretty organic. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, you know, like kind of, it was kind of the result of just like all of us, you know, we have generally, we all, you know, listen to kind of, you know, same, we have the same taste in music, same thing. We're all, you know, like old school emo fans. We're all hardcore fans, you know, like, and, uh, but you know, like within that, we also, you know, we listen to a lot of you know, different music also different, you know, like, uh, um, a lot of more indie things. Yeah, indie things, things that are more, more poppy more and groovy. Punk, yeah, yeah, you know, like, and so I think it kind of was like uh, just the intersection of like all of our kind of different interests um, coming into like just hey, like you know, like how about this riff? Oh, that's tight. How about this? You know, how about I play this one? This? Oh, that's really tight. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, well, this yeah. And we're all we're all in our writing. We all when we write, we write together. Okay. Most, for the most part, other than little riffs. So like, it's always just kind of like we're all really open-minded to, you know, we really trust each other's uh, intuition, I guess, musical intuition. So if something sounds cool, why not? Yeah. Yeah. And the um, just kind of going back with that as well is, did you guys have like a background in like the, the spoken word type stuff or was there a, like a, a poetry background anywhere that kind of led to the vocal style that you chose or was it mostly just like, lyrically it matched with what you were doing how did that come about well when we originally started i wasn't i wasn't uh you know so a couple of guys were in a, we were in a group before and uh it just kind of i wasn't a vocalist so it just kind of started as me talk singing i guess and then it just kind of naturally grew into talk yelling. This, to this talk yelling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. My, my voice, it's just kind of, kind of, I kind of started with something and then everything just, everything just grew around it. Okay. And it kind of molded itself. Like it was almost like I didn't really, I didn't really have a choice what to do vocally. Okay. It just kind of 
it just grew that way naturally. Yeah. And you got to go with what the flow is. Right. And especially where you guys write your music together and you're working together throughout all of the, the style it it's going to mesh together once you, I guess, as you're writing, it's going to just fall into place. And that's something that I find really interesting when I talk to people who are, are writing music and, and performing music. A lot of times there's not like a lot of times people can't really explain to me what made it fall into place. It was just, this sounded right. Is, is that how it is? I mean, when you guys are writing a song and you're putting together this riff, you like this, you like that. When it comes out, is it just kind of like this just sounds right or sounds wrong and you just go forward or stop? Is that how it works with you guys? So, um, like when we started writing, like, especially this record, like the EP, uh, when we were working through some of the things, uh, I come from, this is, this is John, the bass player. I guess I should have s- said this in my introduction. <laughs> I come from a very musical background. Um, I've been playing, like I started off playing the drums at age five because my dad was a musician. Okay. And then throughout school, I played trumpet, trombone. Like I did the whole elementary, middle school, high school, and yeah. like into college band. Mm-hmm. So when we were working out pieces, you know, we would, we would choose a section, you know, you play two or three bars together and we would work through these until they sounded right and perfected. And so I kind of bring that, like that, that way that we kind of dissect our songs and we play them over and over again. We do a little bit of variations. And if at the end result, we're like, Oh, this riff is done. But if we settle on it, that it, it just doesn't quite fit what we're looking for. We would either scratch it or we would sit there and hit the drawing board again until it sounded like something we wanted. So how long is that process for you guys? Like, for example, oh, for, wow. for the, it took, it took us about six months to write seven songs and we eventually ended up dropping one. Yeah. We have, so we have it takes, them. it takes a while. We okay. had most of them almost finished before we had kind of went back through and worked out the kinks. Yeah. We, yeah. We practiced for, quite a while just yeah. to get them perfect the, the, the studio yeah the the easy part is finding that base structure that's the easy part you know once you get in and that's that takes maybe a month or two you're talking like and, intro verse riff well, chorus mean, that kind of stuff chord, just the bass chords how like how like the bass uh key that the song is in and how you want everything to flow but it's adding those like little nuances yeah like little things that will catch people's ear. That's the part that takes a while or like any, and you know, it's always little tweaks, but you know, you make a hundred little tweaks and it ends up being a completely new song than you started with at the mm-hmm. beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where the magic happens, right? Is, is the fact that that songs evolve. And one thing that I always find interesting is the more a band plays a certain song, they'll continue tweaking a song a lot of times. And they'll just kind of, we still tweak some stuff. (laughs) So when you play live, is it, is it always kind of a little bit different to us live, but like on the recordings and us playing live, there's little things that, you know, the layman might not hear or just like a natural listener, just because they're little, little tiny, tiny tweaks that we've made. Yeah. And I think that's cool. I think there's, there's a lot of, obviously it allows the song to stay a little bit more fresh for you, but it also allows for the people who are paying a little closer to attention to notice, Oh, that was cool. They added this or they, they changed this or whatever. Cause I've noticed that when I go to a concert, a lot of, a lot of bands, especially when it's a song that they play a lot, they'll make a few changes and they'll take a few creative liberties and, and it's still very much the same song at its core, but they've allowed the song to, to evolve into something a little bit, a little bit more. And I think that's cool. And, um, and so with your guys's EP, um, 
you released it November of last year. It's uh, it's called a safe kept place. Um, tell me a little bit about the process of of kind of um, this is your first release as a band, right? Yeah. Yep. So tell me the process of of like the studio and and getting it out there and and what the process has been to to get it into the hands of or I guess into the phones of, of people who are, who are listening. <laughs> well, we, so we, we got in the studio, we had banged out these songs for six months and written them. We had a demo even. We had recorded we, them yeah, we in house. A demo, and then we, we get there, we start doing We had an amazing, amazing audio engineer. His name's John Lundin. At the time he worked for uh, catacomb records. Awesome. Uh, he actually kind of helped produce it a little bit too. And added all these like, amazing. Like, well, what if you did this instead? Just like little, what if questions. And we're like, you know, like it just gave us a fresh perspective from someone out, you know, we'd been listening to these songs a hundred times over the past six months, months. And, uh, you almost get tunnel vision, you know, you hear it over and over again. You're like, this is so good as it is. And then, you know, from his, his engineering perspective and even like his production experience, he was able to say, Hey guys, how about we kind of like cut the in-between parts and kind of, you know, make it, make it a little more, easier on the ear like yeah why add add a new part when you can we can just redo this part you know yeah you're still in the same message also eric like a lot of the melodies you hear and a lot of the leads you hear he made up on the spot in the studio and they're some of the most incredible leads that i've ever heard so that's crazy really well on the songs and he just made those on the spot that's so cool (laughs) yeah well yeah when we recorded we each had almost like our we recorded every single song, um, each instrument. So we would go in, it would be like lead guitar one day and we're, we're, you know, I'm recording all like every single song and John, while he was producing it, um, by like halfway through, you kind of get to the point where he's not necessarily producing every like nuance or any, anything you're kind of yeah. getting to like a new, like you kind of have, you feel cause in your head and you're kind of starting yeah. to write more yeah. and figure out as you go and come up with things organically instead of it being so forced. Just, just being in the studio itself kind of puts a little fire under your ass and like, you kind of yeah. just want to keep doing it again. You know, you've spent, spent so much time and then you're in the studio. You're like, Oh man, this is happening. Yeah. He, he made, he made me record drums last. And uh, that's something that like we've never done before. Um, it's like, like a new kind of a new thing. And, uh, and I, yeah, it was, it was like, it was nice because, you know, like it was, it was a completely different way of approaching, um, the songs in the entirety. I could kind of like see the, you know, the final piece and then add on to it. Um, as opposed to kind of like creating a foundational base, which yeah. is, you know, like, and, uh, and which uh, kind of, I think helps the drums become more part of the melody in a sense yeah. and just being like the bass oh, definitely, like you definitely said the accents yeah, yeah the accents, accents are just more too. pronounced yeah. yeah um so it was it felt like more of a collaborative effort as opposed to a you know like kind of i don't know isolated no just yeah. stuck in a structure yeah, like the drums in, kind of force you to play the song a certain way but because yeah. the songs evolved while we were recording with the the strings yeah the drums like the drums had a whole new place in the songs and i like yeah I mean, you were exemplary. It was awesome. Yeah. Oh, with that That's, said, yeah, I created a whole new kind of, kind of, uh, you know, set of, uh, problems and challenges, um, 
you know, but which was good because ultimately, you know, I think it was like, you know, at the time I was like very proud of, you know, the like end result uh, kind of pushed me to like do a little bit more than I think I would have otherwise. Yeah. And when it came to like being in the studio and seeing these songs evolve in front of your eyes, did you guys grow like more appreciative of what everyone was offering as you guys were recording? Definitely. Yeah, 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 definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what it sounded like, because you guys are kind of referring to how this changed, this changed. And, and it's just, you know, it made it better. And there was never a time where something changed and you guys didn't like it. It just improved upon what you'd already created. We're all really good at, you know, we we're really comfortable with each other. Like with this group, we're pretty tight knit and. Uh, the pieces just kind of fell into place. So mm-hmm. we're all good at taking criticism and, it's, and suggestions and suggestions. And no, no one's, no one's getting mad. Everyone knows that, Hey, it's just a suggestion. If, and if someone says, shut up, that's stupid, then shut up. That's yeah. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I want to make it clear to everyone listening. These are my coworkers. <laughs> They're constantly telling me, shut up. That's stupid. And that's enough. I'm, I'm <laughs> Hey, Hey, that's, that's true love right there. Being able to tell each other to just sit down, shut up, just move on, get over here. <laughs> that's fantastic. No, that's solo time. <laughs> I just, think, I just think it's awesome. Um, honestly, just kind of hearing the, the process and, and, and honestly, it's it's something that's always been so interesting to me because I I've never been in a studio and done like the the official recording. I've kind of seen it. Um, I had a friend who worked at a, a really, really nice studio. And, and so I kind of watched the process every once in a while. But it's something I think it's something so cool. And it, it's I think it's really common that a lot of bands do what you guys did, where they get into the studio and maybe it's just the environment change or maybe it was the uh the fire under your butt like you guys were saying but whatever it is it kind of puts a, a little bit of urgency um into what you're creating and it kind of allows you to take out what's not necessary add new stuff that fits better and so um when you guys were in the studio how long did it take you to to lay down these tracks and kind of make all these alterations Six, six days, six, yeah. six, 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 about twelve hour days. Yeah, about yeah, about 12, uh, twelve, 12 hours. hours. We ran. So we, the, basically, how how yeah. he how he ran it was, you know, every musician does all. So we had six songs. He was just basically told us, okay, six songs, six days. You know, so uh, generally, it's uh, you can do a song in a day, but he did it so uh, we did each instrument for one day. Then we split up drums and vocals into two days i think or did you yeah. do drums in two days two days yeah so we yeah. so we did like one half day of drums vocals and then just kind of like split it up because like you know i can't scream all six songs yeah because dude you literally i didn't he he pushed us so much because i would sing the same song like eight times and then i'd be like i can't even do another song like this is yeah I'm done so that's that's another interesting thing that that kind of sparks a question in my mind is is um as you're as you're performing songs live um do you find like do you find it difficult to perform consistently live with like the the harder like the the style that you that you sing in or is it is it just like when you were in the studio it was just holy crap we just went way overboard 
in the studio is a lot more controlled. So with like when you're playing shows, you got a lot of uh, adrenaline going. And uh, even, even if it's my new, you know, it's, you don't, you kind of push things in a different way and maybe okay. that's not the best way to do it. Just kind of, I just kind of like, it's just kind of an in the moment thing. Whereas okay. in the studio, everything's controlled and you're supposed to do it this way. And when you're focusing on that solely, it's a lot more strenuous. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel at least, at least for me, you know, man, maybe, you know, I'm not a trained vocalist, so I'm, <laughs> I'm still learning how to do vocals and how to control my, my body and my throat and everything. But I'd say it was more strenuous doing it in the studio, you know, screaming for six hours as opposed to where it's like 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah. There's a little bit less flexibility as well, especially with the sound that you guys are are putting out. There's a little bit more raw organicness to the sound. So you're a little, you're a little bit more on, on uh, a tightrope in terms of staying in the, the sound that you're looking for and not having to make alterations later. Right. And so in a live concert, you have a little bit of wiggle room to still sound right, but exactly. you have a little bit, a little bit of sound balancing to, to at least help out. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. you guys, you guys play quite a few shows, right? I mean, um, you had one last week. Um, how often do you guys play in shows? We try to do at least once a month. Okay. Yeah, we're probably doing about like two a month. Yeah, we, we, uh, lately we've been doing, but like we we shoot, we shoot for one a month. But we just played like three three, in a row. three shows yeah. in four days. Yeah. yeah, we did a good run there. That's awesome. And you guys perform primarily in in Southern California, where you're at. Yeah. 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 For now, we're we're, but we're branching yeah. out. Yeah, we've got yeah. some stuff kind of in the works. Awesome. Um, we're gonna branch out. Yeah, we're looking we're looking to go up a little bit further further north, Northern California. In California, yeah. and then um, awesome. Later, later this year, who knows, going further out, maybe doing a, um, up to Washington and back and yeah, like a West coast. Whatever, yeah. Whatever yeah. I feel like within like your genre, you probably have a pretty good, a pretty good audience at the tri cities in Washington. Seattle would have a good group. Portland would probably have quite a few people. And so it'd probably be a pretty good little tour for you guys to do right there up and down that West coast. So yeah, we've been really lucky um, because our, you know, like our kind of scene in uh, this area and the greater kind of, you know, like um, L.A. County, wherever Ventura is and, you know, like kind of uh, whatever county that is. That's L.A. County. It's quite literally Ventura County. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, like up towards uh, San Francisco uh, and our kind of like, you know, like our kind of. Um, Greater California scene has been very kind to us and the kind of uh, the bands and the the people that we've met, uh, all the folks who've kind of met in bands have been really cool, really supportive. We made a lot of friends and uh, just kind of hooked up with like a lot of really good people that kind of trying to do the same thing we're doing. So when uh, when putting together like, you know, these like tours and these little runs or even just kind of getting some bands coming down here, we're maybe going up there has been really great because it's just like you know it's like a hangout session yeah (laughs) yeah and i mean i i noticed you guys um played quite have played quite a few shows with uh runaway kid is there is that like one of the bands that you've you've kind of touched base with a lot and and worked with a lot or is it just Uh, we uh we actually that was we've only done one show with them oh okay Uh, must i must have just seen the same flyer a couple times (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, it's all right no we did a um at the slide bar in fullerton we did a uh, key rock locals only um, oh. show 
it was with uh, Fake Figures, who is one of the guys um, of Atreyu, was it? No, uh, Atreyu, I think. Okay. Um, and then Runaway Kids uh, was the headliner of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was that was the first show we played with them, actually. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I know that flyer got thrown around a bunch, so I'm sure you saw it. Yeah, it was made, like K-Rock made a video and shared it. And there's a bunch of shit going on with that. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, that's I, I just like um, I do find it really cool. Like a lot of times, um, you know, in, in other industries or other different facets of of like competition, quote unquote, um, there's a lot less camaraderie and a lot less like supporting one another. Whereas in the music scene, um, there's a lot of a lot of banding together and, and lifting each other in spite of of where what you're at or the other band is at. And um, have you guys seen that like that support coming from like bigger bands who've heard your music or even local bands who who've heard your music who are just like, dude, we want you to come play with us as well. Is that is that kind of stuff that you've seen or have you guys been doing that to other bands as well? Oh, ab- absolutely, man. We don't treat it. We don't treat it like a zero sum game. You know, if we like your music and you guys want to play with us, we love doing that. Yeah. And like, that's what I love about the music scene is it's, it's not cutthroat, right? It's like, it's, it's everyone can win in spite of, you know, being yeah. in the same yeah. genre or whatever it is. It's like, everyone yeah. is creating awesome music. So <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of, you know, it's kind of like informal unions. The, uh, you know, we, we kind of need to, uh, you know, we need to uh, stick together, especially the scene, because if one if one of the bands, you know, like from our scene makes it, then, you know, it puts us all kind of in the spotlight, you know, and, and you look at you look at kind of examples like um, like even like Fallout Boy and yeah. like, you know, the label and the scene that they created around, yep. you know, their success. And yeah, it's, for sure. You know, it really is a key um, to kind of creating longevity, especially um, is like bringing up the entire scene because then you kind of, you know, you create this entire movement, uh, for you guys to, to all kind of band around as opposed to just being, in, you know, getting your 15 minutes of fame and then kind of falling off, you know, yeah, like, exactly. which you see a lot with bands release a single and it'll be a great single. And then you never hear from them again. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think a good example of that would be, um, like movements, the band movements, citizen, oh, I dig movements. Culture. They're so good. Uh, all those bands kind of like helping the scene that we're in yeah um, off and like revitalize that whole aspect and it, it's kind of helped us and other bands alike um kind of get back on that map yeah so so um the way that they're contributing or, or helping is it that they're revitalizing the scene where people like start listening to that style of music again or is it that they um that they're kind of introducing people to your music as well. How do, how do they um, revitalize what you're saying? I, I think it's kind of, I think it's, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, yeah, it's a yeah. bit of both. <clears throat> cause those guys, when, you know, when they break through a little bit, you know, they're, you know, cause they, they go around the local circuit, they're playing little yeah. lower venues because they get picked up, you know, kind of like, I hate to say it like this, but legitimizes the scene. Yeah. And they're playing at the conservatory and, you know, bigger venues like the Troubadour and stuff such like that in LA that it makes it seem like reasonable for those clubs to bu- book our kind of music. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and I, I think that's really cool. Like the, a phrase that I always like to use that my, my dad always told me growing up was, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats. And, yeah. uh, and I feel like that's the the case a lot of times with, with music 
And I, I mean, I've seen it a lot. Like a lot of the music I listen to is punk, pop punk. And so I, I listened to a lot of pop punk and I saw what Yellow Card did for a lot of bands and what Simple Plan did and what Sum 41 did and how all of these guys just lifted all at once because they kind of and it all kind of sparked with Green Day and and Yellow Card and stuff. And so seeing that kind of stuff happen, um, I think it's cool and it continues to happen. It's just a little different now. Um, what what do you think? I mean, just for you guys. Um, obviously you, you are like me, I'm assuming you guys are mid, mid to late twenties, like I am. And, yeah. uh, you experienced music when it was all CDs and it was all make yeah. a play, make a, make a mixtape, mix CD. Right. So, so how has, how has like the, the digital music, how has that affected your guys's outlook or your, uh, your efforts in terms of producing music? I think what I think one of the hardest things is, uh, you know, you can't you can't go against change. The more you fight it, the more you're just going to sink. That's true. Uh, but but the thing about it is, it makes it a lot more difficult. It's a lot more ready readily available. So you know you don't have, but it, it takes away from kind of like, oh, this album's dropping. I got to go to the CD store and I got to wait for this CD to drop and yeah. go get it. It also adds this whole element where it's it, it's kind of getting getting the market kind of gets flooded with so much because it's so easy to put things online. Yeah. It's also, you know, harder because you, you never really know how to market things. You know, we're, we're not all like marketing geniuses here. We're a bunch of band kids and that's yeah. music. We're <laughs> yep. punk kids that just run around. We don't know how to market to people and do all that. So, you know, it kind of, we're learning though. We're, we're learning. learning. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to sound it's, like No, no, no. It's uh, it's one of those things that you learn as you go. It, it kind of weeds people out. You know, if you really want to make it, you know, step up. Yeah. I mean, it adds, it, it definitely adds, you know, with this, with the kind of streaming um, services that are offered, um, you know, nowadays it, it adds a certain level of accessibility um, to all music, yeah. um, which is great. You know, I think, I think, mm -hmm. you know, there's, from what I can see, you know, there's, you can access more bands than ever, you yep. know, like, and, and their music, right? Like literally from one source, you know, or, or well, I mean, I mean, just for example, me finding your guys's music would not have been possible without, without this, right? Cause, cause where you guys are at, not that you're in any negative position at all. It's just that you would be pretty much to the West coast, right? Like I'm in Utah, so I'm yeah. not too, too far away, you know, 13 hours away and driving, but yeah. even then your album, even if it was a physical release, probably wouldn't have made it to Utah without a label. And so yeah. it does allow this, this expanse to be covered Yeah, yeah. and it's really cool, but it also, it also makes it a little bit more difficult in different ways. And so I think it's, it's definitely a, a different battle and that's why I'm interested. Like, that's why I'm always interested in finding out what it's kind of how it's affecting you as a band. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, no, it's, it's, it's very, you know, it, it's very interesting. If you have any tips on navigating it, that would be <laughs> <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm still learning. I, uh, I mean, I got a degree in marketing. Nice. I, I really, I went to school for the stuff and I, I started this podcast and I, I'm pretty much just like, uh, don't know what to do. So <laughs> it's, it's different. It's different. One cool thing that I, that we learned is, you know, recently we did one of those question things on Instagram stories, uh, you know, the ask us anything. Yeah. 
thing. And uh, I was very surprised to see people asking us actually respond. Actually, well, asking us, hey, when you come into New York, when you come into New Mexico, like yeah. you know, just these random states that. I was just kind of in this moment of awe, like how, how the hell are people like finding us out? Yeah. Away? yeah so it's, that was, that was really cool. That was like, that was definitely the bright side. Yeah. yeah it definitely uh, breaks down those barriers for sure. Yeah. I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice the, 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 the pun there, but yeah. <laughs> I think we should probably take a second to um, say thank you to our one fan in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> Props to that guy or girl in Singapore. <laughs> That's so cool. No, and I, I, um, I just, I find it very interesting with like, with the, the digital music era that we're in. Um, some of my favorite online creators. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched good mythical morning, but Rhett and link, um, really funny guys. They do YouTube and stuff, but, um, but they did a podcast recently and they talked about like the disposability of music and, and they kind of talked about how, um, you know, they basically asked the question is music too disposable now. And that, that's an interesting concept to me because it it's, it's very true because there's so much readily available. You're not limited to just choosing a CD out of your CDKs and putting it in. You're not limited to the CDs that you've purchased on iTunes and put on your iPod. Now it's literally, you can download it in an instant or even stream it without even downloading it at any time. And it's, it's almost like the difference between, you know, buying a knife that's that, that you sharpen and you take care of and it lasts for years and one that's, you know, you just throw away after you're done using it. And so it's, it's a different world. You're, you're trying to hook people and you're trying to maintain their, their uh, attention, right? You're trying to keep their attention and so you've got to be so much more consistent and so much it's so much more work and so how does how is that like for you guys because obviously um you guys are pretty busy aside from the band as well so how do you guys manage that um yeah the uh well sorry i'll I'll get to your question in a second but i just i it's funny that you say that um because we were literally right before this started me and eric were talking um about kind of what's expected of a band in this kind of digital age and what what you kind of talked about earlier about, you know, like constantly producing content, constantly pumping out, um, you know, like new, new content to kind of keep people, um, you know, like interested, uh, because the ability to do it is so, you know, it was like, it wasn't too long ago that it was like kind of one album a year was kind of the expectation Uh for, you know, a band. And that was, (laughs) you know, if you're, if you're getting, you know, like a bunch of people together, that's one album a year is, busting ass, you know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of work. And, uh, and now, you know, there's kind of, um, you're expected to produce content like videos and, and different kind of little, you know, like little tchotchkes. Podcasts. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and um, and it, it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, but you know, it, it is exactly what it is. Um, and that's, you know, those are the kind of, those are the kind of like parameters you need to navigate nowadays. And that's, yeah, that's exactly. So that's nowadays it's just a, it's just a different battle, right? Cause back yeah, in the day, the, exactly. the battle was getting your music to the, yeah. the record labels. Now uh-huh. the, the, now it's just getting in the studio often enough to yeah. put music out to your direct to consumer, which is actually kind of cool. Cause now, um, where, you where you guys were talking, you know, you're, you're going straight to people who you didn't have any clue 
even knew about you right in in singapore in in new mexico in new york it's it's because of this and so it's i just think it's so interesting the different dynamic now it's still it's still the same amount of work it's just different work now yeah definitely i think i think another thing about it too is you know that's what connor says a huge huge part of it i think another huge part of it um is you know honing your trade we, you know at the end of the day we're tradesmen we're musicians yeah you know kind of trying to hone that and just to keep making things that people like yep and that's hard yeah. right you've got to stay on top of i mean it's it's a, another battle right it, it's putting out music that's relevant to what they want but it's also still true to who you are and i think yeah. a lot of that success typically comes from bands who do exactly what you said hone that skill and really just focus on what they're good at and create 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 music that they are passionate about because that passion goes to the consumer the person who's listening is going to hear that and i think especially with your guys's style of music you're able to to put out that that emotion and that that raw passion a little bit a little bit easier not necessarily easier, but a little bit more straightforward than some other styles of music. And so I think it's, I think that's why the the SoundCloud rappers have taken off so much is because they can just put stuff out that's kind of raw and people are interested in that right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's relatively inexpensive. You don't have those kind of parameters yep. uh, to like musical instruments and, uh, and like different types of things. Um, you have, you know, you can have a computer and you can have a microphone, Yep, which is awesome. You know, like, I think there's, you know, like being able to, you know, like produce art without, you know, with relatively low overhead is means it's more accessible to everybody. Yep. And uh, that's kind of, I think that's always been the goal and that's always a good thing. Yeah, for sure. And so kind of talking about that what's what's the plan going forward um i mean you guys it's not been too long since you released your your ep but what's uh what's the the plan going forward for you guys well we we want to get writing again uh i think we've we've uh had this album out for a good amount of time i think we're about ready to start writing again we want to go up to john's john's buddy has a place up in big bear if you're familiar with yeah, yeah, Bear cabins, yeah. we might Beautiful lock area. ourselves in a cabin for a week and just write stuff. Other than that, we're, you know, we want to just keep pushing and uh, keep releasing content and keep playing shows and try to get out to people who want to hear us. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's always going to be uh, trying to figure that out, right? The logistics of it. It's, I mean, <laughs> the, the cool thing is obviously, um, with technology, you guys are able to do quite a bit more, but, uh, honestly props to you guys. The album's really cool. I like the raw, like, I, I just think, I think that there's, there's some magic in the, in the very, um, straightforward way that you guys do things. It, it's a little bit more relatable to people who, um, particularly if, if you're feeling a little bit, um down I, I mean obviously that's kind of the the genre right like emos that way and stuff it's oh, when you're down you can you can you can relate to it <laughs> but i i mean honestly you guys did a great job on um on the album and um and i'm i'm excited to hear what what come next comes next because um you guys are super talented and uh i just just as as we close here 
Um, do you guys have anything else you'd like to to say first off? Um, I just want to say thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for oh, heck yeah, man. I loved it. It was awesome. You to reach out to us and yeah. put us on and help, yeah. you know, like we were talking about earlier and you know how everyone needs to help each other out. So thanks for uh, reaching out to us and yeah. heck yeah, man. It's, it's been a blast. Yeah. And as, as we close, um, I don't know if you guys have heard any of my, my episodes. If not, that's totally fine. I really don't mind. But, um, anyone who's listened to more than one episode to the end, knows that every single time I always plug the best way to support the band. And so um, you guys have your barriersband.com with your store. You've got two t-shirts on there um, as well as, as your CDs. Um, can, can they purchase, is it only digitally available or is it uh, physically available as well? Uh, yeah, we have both available. Okay. I don't see it on the store here, but um where where can they buy a physical copy if uh if they're not in in southern so we california have, we have uh, our physical copies you can buy on amazon amazon um, and then yeah all of our um you know spotify apple music links are on there awesome um, if, unless they're just want to buy a physical copy awesome so so just for anyone who's listening who likes the style of these guys who likes them as people who likes their music um what my my favorite way to support is to get something in return because I'm a little bit selfish that way. And so <laughs> so the best way to support these guys is is to buy merch or buy the album. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, even, obviously, even just listening to it will help. It's just yeah. so they don't get paid a whole lot for your yeah. listens. They get paid more when you actually buy it. So that's yeah. <laughs> but that's me <laughs> plugging it, not them. So so anyone listening, don't worry. They're not trying to sell you. I am. Um I dig or, your guys' style. I'll plug, I'll plug something. Okay, <laughs> no, do it. If you, if you want to follow us on Spotify, that also yeah. help us out. Helps That'll us, really help us out. Help yeah. us get on helps us get on playlists and uh awesome. helps us get out to more people. And yeah. then coming soon or uh you can find our Kickstarter coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite bands just did a Kickstarter for their new album and it was awesome. MXPX did that. But um, but I didn't know that. So I'm definitely going to give you guys a follow on, on Spotify. I actually don't use Spotify a whole lot. I follow you guys on Apple Music, but um, but right. Spotify. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, guys, once again... <laughs> Once again, guys, thank you so much for uh, for joining me on the podcast, and uh, I, I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Chad. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Thanks.